to all the viewers, welcome. Tonight is the second ever USPSA presidential debate. Uh, you have myself. Oh, wow. Look at that. I named myself Davey. How about that? Can't even spell my own name right. Davey Riddle. <laughs> I think you did a fine job. It's pretty close. <laughs> so you have me. Go ahead, Manny. Introduce yourself real quick. <laughs> yep, this is uh, Manny from Manny Talk Shooting. Uh, you know, you'll hear me on your podcast platforms all around. So glad to be here, Dave. Manny, I can barely hear you. I'm not nope. sure if it's the yep. distance to your nope. mic or what. Let me turn my gain Boost up. Boost your sorry. gain I, if you can. Yeah. There you go. Does that sound not too bad? Yeah, that's Much better. better. If you've got okay. more to give, though, that'd be better. Uh, we're probably maxed out. I need to get my cloud lifter here soon. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll make do. Just stay Go ahead, close David. To introduce yourself. Hey, David from the Humble Marksman channel here on YouTube. And uh, I guess that's also the name of my podcast. Excited to be here with our hopeful presidents to be. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So just so everybody knows the ground rules were that I went ahead and emailed all the questions so that we can keep this down to a digestible length. Um, so all of the candidates have the questions. They'll have roughly 30 seconds to answer each one. That was the whole purpose of giving them the questions ahead of time. And at the, so they'll introduce themselves. We'll do the questions. And at the end, um, they'll have two minutes to say what they want to say at the very end of the debate. We've already determined the order in which the questions will go. So as you see them on the screen, that's how they will, we will go. Once the, a, so Steve Moneypenny, we'll go ahead and bring everybody into the screen. Steve Moneypenny, when he goes first, question number two, he will go just like shooting a stage. He'll go to the back of the line and then Todd will be up for number one, and then Dexter will be up for number one after that. Uh, this is being live streamed, so as soon as it's over, it'll be available on YouTube, um, more than likely Facebook as well. I'll download it and put it on the podcast so everybody can listen to it that way as well. All right. So candidate-wise, gentlemen, please remember the mm -hmm. rules I went over with you in the locker room. There are no kidney punches, no rabbit punches, no groin strikes, no pulling hair, no biting, and no eye gouging. Are there any questions? Elbows oh. still legal? <laughs> Elbows are still legal, and you may kick a grounded opponent. Okay. Not All the right. head, though. <laughs> no. No, that's just, that's <laughs> All right. You can't, so... you can't take that winning smile away from Luigi. It'd just be too big a crime. He needs All right. his teeth. So what I'm going to do is give each of you about 30 seconds to introduce yourself, and we'll start with Steve Moneypenny. Hi, folks. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Steve Moneypenny. I was seeking the presidential race last year and was unsuccessful in that, and I'm continuing this year. Uh, I'm 42 years old. I'm from the state of West Virginia. I've been shooting USPSA since 1999. I have a lot of experience in real estate and working with boards, both in a government aspect and in a private sector aspect. So I'm seeking this to uh, help grow our sport and to help build it so it can grow in the future. Mr. Jarrett, Todd, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hey guys, um, Todd Jarrett here. Um, essentially everybody um, may know who I am after 40 years of being in the business. Um, I'm not sure of, of my age anymore. I tell everybody that I'm under 60. Um, so mm -hmm. 59 years old, 
been around the business for a long time. Started shooting at a very young age. Um, been involved in the in USPSA really since um, about 1983-84 I started. And so one thing led to another as time goes on. Um, I've been in the firearms industry um, for almost about 35 years now. So working with everybody in the industry, been to SHOT Show for 34 years. Um, for me, um, I, I'm still a competitive shooter. A lot of you know that I've been, been a national world champion multi-time over. Uh, and I want to become um, president of this organization and try to do some things that uh, I think that need to be done over 20 years ago. And I'm sure some of you will probably agree with, with that statement. Dexter Lopez. Yes, hi. Um, I, uh, my name is Dexter Lopez. I retired just last week. Uh, I was a psychiatric technician for the Department of Corrections in California, Vacaville. Uh, so I asked my energy on um, helping the organization. I, I, if I'm not at work, I'm usually uh, at the volunteering I volunteered to uh, build stages. Uh, I worked at National Arms area matches, area two. I've been there my third, fourth year. Um, and our, at the local level, uh, I'm involved with uh, teaching um, uh, intro to competition. I volunteer every week um, at our uh, local ranges. Okay, Luigi Lee. Um. Hey, I'm Luigi. Uh, a lot of you guys know me. I've, I've been in, in the sport for a decade or so. Um, shot at a really high level for a little bit. Um, volunteered for many years, worked a few nationals. Uh, if you've shot any matches up and down the East Coast in the past eight or nine years, you've probably seen me ROing a stage or something like that. Um, owned businesses, uh, work, worked in the industry for a little bit. Um, have a lot of experience uh, on and off the range, um, and it's it's time to step up. Ray Hurst. Hi. Uh, I've been in the, the sport since 1986, just shortly after Todd started in the sport. I've been certified since uh, 1987. Uh, I've been a, a range master instructor for eight years, retired from that. Uh, I've been uh, nationals match director for 25 plus years, which, you know, uh, I, you know, I think says a lot because that's where the president really should spend his time at this point by the bylaws. It's a, it's about nationals and building the local clubs. And I've, I've had vast experience with that. Uh, I spent 25 years running my local club and working with the Illinois section clubs and, and, you know, I've been, uh, the, match director at 25 plus nationals like i said so you know that's that's the reason i'm seeking this i'm i'm trying to to build uspsa and and, and i'd like to try to heal the divisiveness that's that's come about in the last few years okay now that that is complete we will go ahead and and start with question number one it's a quick and an easy one just to get us going Steve, you kind of answered this in your initial monologue there, and that is, will you be working, will this be your full-time job, or is this a part-time thing for you? Um, <clears throat> it will be a part-time job logistically, um, because it is a part-time job the way it is set up at this point. 
As for a full-time job, since the, the past president was removed at almost an immediate notice, uh, I cannot give up benefits and vacation time and all of that. However, I have been at this job long enough that I have more than enough vacation time. So while it will be part-time, I will probably be putting 40-plus hours a week into it. Okay. Todd, how about you? Um, of course, um, I, I think it's going to be end up being a full-time job, uh, whoever gets this position. Um, I think Ray probably would know, would probably um, would understand uh, how this organization runs over years. Uh, will this be a full-time job for me? Absolutely not. And the reason why is because um, the board directors, the board directors are actually running this organization in many ways. Uh, the president is more of a figurehead in a lot of ways. Um, I feel that, you know, driving agenda to the board from the members, the people that I'm involved with, I, you know, for me personally, um, I know that the board reduced the pay dramatically for president here. And I think, um, Steve has mentioned that in, in, in his podcast before, um, so the, the amount of funds that are becoming to the president's um, salary has been greatly uh, reduced. Um, is, I work in the gun industry. I work for a multitude of companies. Also have a also have a company that uh, I run here. I have an air, air conditioned refrigeration company that I run. I also have real estate um, that I deal with. So for me, uh, I will be spending uh, time with that. But I will have all the opportunity. Um, that the board or anyone needs me at a moment's notice to um, to worry about things that we need to worry about um, within the organization. So I will be available anytime for that. Dexter. Yes, sir. What about you full-time? You said you um, just retired. So is this going to be your full-time Recently, gig? I just recently retired. Yes, it would be. Uh, I am retired, so I am getting my pension from the Department of Corrections. So I do, ha I do have income coming, and I also have real estate and uh, invest. So I, I'm, I'm not, not that you know, make a living here. But I, I do want to, um, I do want to uh, definitely help help our local uh, clubs uh, with their memberships and things like that. Um, I volunteer okay. weekend at our local clubs. Uh, I even attended a, an IDPA match in Colorado, which was amazing. Um, anyway, um, I would be working on this full time. Um, I do have okay. a team with me that uh, will be helping me. Luigi? Uh, so the position is a part-time position, uh, but I will be focusing uh, the majority of my time towards it. Okay. Ray? Uh, uh, you know, I retired uh, seven years ago from Gardner, Denver, and uh, this this will be a full-time job for me. You know, I'll, I'll put in as many hours as the, you know, I think it's necessary to get the job done. Uh, you know, there'll be a lot of hours with with nationals, et cetera, mm -hmm. but I'd, I'd like to also focus on, on doing something that I, I put in a, a number of questions is I'd really like to focus on uh, building the new shooter program, you know, I'm un unique in that aspect that I, that I, you know, have eight years, 18 years as an instructor, and I think I can go to the local clubs and, and start some, uh, some good 
you know, new shooter programs to where we can build the sport along with okay. my, along with my long term, uh, working at nationals and being nationals match director. I think, uh, those are the things I'm going to focus on as president and leave the, you know, management of the business to, for the most part, to the managed director and the board of directors. Okay. Help out Manny, in any way I can. Manny, you want to go ahead and take question number two? Yeah. And we'll start um, with Todd. Yep. This question is going to Todd first. If you can only accomplish one thing as USPSA president, what would that one thing be? Well, I don't think anybody here can actually say that you can. You want to get one thing accomplished. I have probably 14 or 15 things I would like to get accomplished uh, after you know 20 years of complaining uh, about what's been going on within the organization. I would think one thing, the most important thing, is that we need to get our financial, um, you know, bank account in order here. I mean, there's been. I go back and, uh, and I know Ray can probably uh, contest this, but it's been. You know, if I'd say for the last 20, 25 years, the organization has done, has missed, missed a lot of opportunities for um, whether it be industry people or things along the way that we have squandered a lot of funds. And, you know, of course, so if there's one thing that we work on the financial side. Can summer, could you summarize that again? Your internet connection broke up. I'm not sure that everybody was able to understand you. I think he might be frozen. We might need to just yeah, move on to froze. Dexter. Yeah. We'll go ahead and move on. Dexter, why don't you go ahead and take, or Manny, go ahead and. Oh, sorry. Yeah, was it me? Next? Okay. So, um, hello, can you, hear, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear so you. So, I, I, I would like definitely more transparency within the organization. Uh, I think the um, every member has the right to know uh, where our money's going, things like that. Um, from every aspect of uh, the organization, I think we should have the right to know where everything is going, right? Um, and that's pretty much um, transparency. And I'd, I'd like to definitely focus on our juniors. I believe they are our future. Uh, so more junior programs, um, including the seniors, because I think a lot of our seniors have a lot to offer um, to our juniors, not just uh, about shooting, but in, in uh, life in general. Okay, I guess it's my turn. Huh? So. I'd like to focus on really building the local clubs and, and, and trying to build up the volunteerism because the, the sport is, 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 it has a problem now with not enough people volunteering. We, we have to build up the camaraderie and, and if that could do one thing, it would be build the camaraderie of the sport. You know, you know the financial stuff and, and the divisiveness, you know, of course, but you know, if I could only do one thing, that's what it would be, because that would help solve the other problems. Luigi, I think you got skipped. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, it's all good. Yeah, it's, it's fine. We'll, we'll all get a chance, right? Um, 
But for me, the the one big thing, just like Todd Jarrett said, is is the financial situation. Um, having things uh, above board and on time, um, it, that that's the most important thing to me. Um, it, coming from the business side of things um, and and running local clubs and owning a business, uh, the, if your money's if your money's not in check, then everything falls apart. Uh, you can have the greatest uh, product, you can have the greatest company, but if you're not managing your coffers, I mean, you will lose whatever war you're trying to fight. Uh, that's everybody. David, you want to hit the third one? All right, we've yeah, seen so... What about Steve? Steve's got to go. Oh, <laughs> I think I did this last year, too, with the first one. Sorry, Steve. Oh. <laughs> that's a, that's okay. Um, Blink, Blink, Blink. Blink. <laughs> kidding. You know, they already gave some, some amazing answers. But I think if, if we have to do one thing, I want to make it encompassing so that we can set up the organization to have a legacy that will continue for as long as it's been there and even longer. To leave our organization, once I leave office, in a position both financially and with the re reputation to other people that they want to be a member of it. Like Todd said, we've got so many... Uh, goals. I mean, I have two or three pages of them. Uh, Todd, I think, had 15 or 16. Um, of course, the longer you do this, the more stuff you find you want to do. But if the one thing it would be is to make sure that it's there for our future generations. And so how would you say you're going to ensure that that's going to be there for future generations? What's the one thing that would ensure that? By creating a financially stable organization is the, okay. the key main point of that. The other is creating a, a, a system that other people can work off of to grow. So basically setting where we're at right now, I see as our sport getting and needing a reset. And by that we have went from a small organization to massive growth. So we're going to have to go from being a small corporation to a large one in the very near future. And we'll have to have our policies and procedures in line in order to do that. And the good old boy idea of, you know, everybody knowing every piece of the organization is going to be part of the past. Okay. So now everyone's had a chance to answer. So now I get to ask my question. So <laughs> as you guys are all aware, the um, president is a member at large of the board effectively he's like the one man senator to the congress that is the rest of the board so in years past the president was more of an executive and now he's more of a member of a governing body so my question is give examples of how you've used influence to affect the direction of a group in your personal or professional life dexter, so we we'll would start be starting with... this one with uh dexter i guess this time right is that yes. where we want Yes, uh, I think it's important to um, avail of our members that are experts in their field, right? Uh, and um, people that are in business currently. And I also would like to point out that you know, we have a lot of members that can. We need to give our members this. Um, and I think that it's important that we do give them that voice, allow them to be a part of this organization. Uh, we we had a 20% turnout in the last election. That's unacceptable. I think we need to let them know that 
their voice will be heard, you know? Okay. In an executive session in a board meeting, how are they going to have a voice? Where you have a voice in that. So how would you they, they have the to board be a part to do what's right for the org? I, I would I would definitely um uh I would definitely ask for advice from our members in my ear who have been doing this for a long time. Like Ray uh, yeah, it's very important that we give our members a voice. Uh just recently they've announced that new members um I think that's not fair. I'm not sure if you were done or if uh, your, your mic cut off there, but if you're done, then we'll move to Luigi. Um, so you want different examples. Um, a, I mean, a big I, example of you using influence to steer uh, a group toward a decision you supported. So uh, I was on a board of uh, my local club for, I think, almost eight years. Um, we needed uh, There was a lot of changes that needed to happen, uh, especially with the finances. Um, with the experiences and, and, and the life that I've had, uh, being able to, to, to have honest and open discourse to instill change um, with regards to finances, well, it, it, it's difficult. Um, but cool heads, um, lots of conversation, open conversation. Uh, we can we can go ahead and, and and get things changed, or I have gotten things changed. Um, if you want multi uh, another example, I mean, I was a, a research team lead uh, way back in the day. Uh, needed to change SOPs. Uh, need to discuss with with, with fellow uh, fellow scientists how to change uh, why things have been done um, and and how to change them for the better. Uh, were a, a few of the things that I've done uh, with regards to changing something and, and influencing change. Sounds good. That brings us up to Ray. How have okay. you used your influence? Well, I, you know, I, that, that's kind of was a big part of my job at Gardner Denver. I spent 40 years at Gardner Denver, 25 of it as the uh, lead designer for rotary screw air compressors. And if, if you think this board is dysfunctional, you should get a group of engineers, marketing guys, and uh, purchasing guys in a room and, and try to coordinate them all together to to put a product together on cost and on time so that you know i spent a lot of time working with big groups you know people on new designs at gardner denver you know and, and it was it was challenging to to make sure everybody was not butting heads and 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 st keep on pay on time and and uh, on target sure Steve, uh, an example of how you've used influence in a group setting to direct while, uh, decision you supported. So while I was a member of the uh, Multiple Listing Service Board of Directors for our real estate, which covered half of the state of West Virginia, uh, we had to update our policies and procedures. There were 10 board members plus the board presidents. Um, so as, as part of that update, I kind of went around to everybody else and, you know, gave them a personal call and found out what, what they found was important and where they placed the order of importance on each of those. Once I got that information together, uh, we all took a look at it as a group and it gave us being able to start conversations between one or two people 
and then expand that to three or four, and then bring that influence together to get a vote on that because for, it had been stagnant for three or four years because everybody would disagree fundamentally on a few things such as what our fee structure should be, what the uh, fee structure should be for those who uh, failed to meet the criteria that we set forth, basically, you know, punitive fees and stuff like that. Um, for, for instance, if you created a listing and then didn't put it out there for two weeks and so nobody else would see it, so you could sell it as, as to what the punishment for that would be. So we got to get, we, I worked with everybody individually on the group to get a good consensus so that we could get that passed. Okay. Okay, Todd, and you're bringing us home uh, an example of how you've used influence in a group setting to affect the direction that you were supported. Well, I have been in um, I have been in business for um, 35 years now, and I, everything from the firearms industry, dealing with people in the marketing side, people that are um, that I have to work with all the time, whether it be in manufacturing, um, dealing with stuff on the range over the years. I probably I probably learned more about understanding people. Um, I've running 19 men um, for years now uh, in my air conditioning refrigeration business. And so with that business going on, you have to deal with all kinds of personalities. You have to deal with all kind of diversity that goes on in this day and time. Uh, the most important is you got to keep everybody happy. You're not going to make everyone happy in everything you do in life. Some people will get their feelings hurt and some people will not. Um, my thing is that I want to come in, we have a cohesive um, you know, type of atmosphere where everybody gets along. Um, I think we should, we're all full grown adults here that run this organization. We need to run it as an organization uh, and understand the people that work with us. You're going to have personality problems wherever you go at. Uh, the biggest one thing that we have to worry about and be concerned about with here is that we have an end goal here. And what is our end goal here is to grow the organization the best way we can. And that's my, that's my number one goal for myself. Uh, and the people that I'll be working with uh, if I become president. Sounds good. Dave, if you'd like, uh, um, just because we got a lot of questions to get through, I'm happy to start keeping time and, and helping uh, cover more of this ground if you like, because I don't think we're going to get where we want to get if we don't uh, right. stay tight. Start or, going by the time, right? That? Yeah, that's yeah. fine. That would be good. Okay. I, I was, 30, uh, you want 30 seconds? Yeah, let's do, do 30. Um, I was uh, pretty happy to see nobody said uh, blanket parties or soap in a sock. So that's good. All right. <laughs> All right. So, Luigi, this question is going to start with you. And as president, you set the agenda and will be leading the board meetings. What changes would you make? Or how would you uh, run it? Uh, it's come back to Luigi. Uh, Luigi, your uh, your internet's coming. I'm gonna, we'll I'm gonna get a better cell. Yeah, let me. So let's let's start with somebody else. We'll come back to Luigi. Yeah. All right, I muted Luigi. So Ray, go ahead. Well, you know, I, the agenda should be, you know, really talking about what where we're gonna put the sport into the future. We 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 got to get our financials straight and then we've got to understand you know what we want to do if there's any changes to NRI we want to make are there you know additional programs we want to put in place and uh you know and nationals 
you know, we, we need to talk about national. So I'd have agenda to that effect. I, I, I think really one of the big things That's would time. be what kind of budget we'd have for new clubs program. Okay. Steve. So for me, I think the best biggest part about having an agenda is being able to keep it short, sweet, and abrupt. I think our board meetings right now go too long and don't get to the point. So I would place the agenda items in order of importance and make sure that all anything that would require executive session is placed at the end and hopefully be able to eventually get everyone to agree to televise or broadcast those meetings. Obviously not televise. That's, I guess, TV is an old term. But. Know what you mean. That's time. Well done. That was right on the nose. Yeah, it was good. Part time, sir. I'm cheating. Made the part time. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a timer. I like it. Todd, let me let me use my timer too. (laughs) Uh, So, um, so we're talking about agenda uh, driven. You know, here for uh, for the president for the for the board. Uh, Obviously, I, I think everybody here has has good intentions on trying to make the organization bigger. My one thing is that when I started shooting uh, back in the, uh, back in 83, by about 1990, we had somewhere around, probably around 4,000, 5,000 members, uh, if I remember correctly, before the 90s were there. It's a, it's a shame that, uh, you know, we were all talking about this, all the top guys, Rob Latham, uh, all, all the top guys we, we were, came along that period of time. We're going, oh, my God, we're going to have 100,000 members before we know it. And so for me personally, we should be at 100,000 members. I don't know why we're not there by now. There's been a lot of missteps along the way, and I feel that uh, there are some aspects that the agenda, uh, we need to be able to have some type of, you know, one-year, okay. three-year, and five-year, even potentially ten-year plan. That's, yeah, it's, we're over a minute now. Happen. Okay. All right. All right, it cut you off. Yeah. Oh, you're fine. I don't disagree with any of that, though. <laughs> Right, but in order to keep it at a palatable level. Dexter, would you change anything with the way the yes. meeting oh, is driven? For Luigi. That's, right. That's right, go ahead. We'll hit Luigi at the end. Okay, so anyway, I, I would definitely, um, I mean, USPSA is a great organization. We just need to be more transparent. Um, there are things that USPSA has done that's great, uh, but we need to focus on the things that are not great. Um, our finances that needs, that needs to be more transparent. Uh, definitely, with our finances, we need to be more transparent. I think Jennifer has the right to know uh, where everything is um, and what we spend our money on. I think they have the right to be a part of that process. Um, and that's pretty much it. Just want to you know, okay, make sure that okay. everyone um, uh, participates. Okay. All right, Luigi, we're going to come back to you since you cut out before. Uh, yeah, I hit it that zone. Um, but like I was mentioning before, the, the, the agenda is actually really sparse. Um, and one of the reasons why the agenda is posted 10 days beforehand is so the membership can actually discuss what the agenda items are with the board members because the board members are their representatives. Um, and that would be the biggest thing. Uh, it, it's have the agenda that the membership can talk to their representative about to bring to the actual board meeting and have proper representation. Okay, it's time. All right. 
All right. Good. Manny, we're up to you. All and right. we're starting with Ray. All right. So leading off of that last question, um, Ray, what are your thoughts on the state of the meeting minutes? I think there's way, way too little uh, transparency there. They're, they're, the, the meeting minutes, to me, uh, show very little of what actually went on in the meeting. And they spend way too much time uh, in uh, executive session. You know, they, you know, and if they should at some point even summarize what they've said in executive session, I know you can't divulge all that, but they should spend some time trying to explain what happened, what, what went on in the minutes. That's time. Okay, did we get through everybody or where are we at? We're at Steve now for this question. Yeah. So my answer to that is the first thing I would do is try to expand it. We've come a light year in the last year, but there are still things like what was discussed and how it was discussed that I feel could be placed in. So I would like to see a little bit more detail. Um, if we could uh, broadcast those, it would definitely take that out and have a recording where people can go back and see that it would take all the confusion out of the minutes. Okay. You were, you were, you came in under par there. Well done. <laughs> Todd. Uh, I, I didn't hear that question. Uh, you guys cut out on me here. I'm kind of lost. What was that question again? I apologize. The question was, what are your thoughts on the state of the meeting minutes? Well, um, I, I think everybody uh, knows that uh, the minutes meetings have uh, been very confusing over the years. A lot of these things come out and they don't, we don't get to hear, hear about them. Uh, you know, like in, incidents you know, happened here recently. Um, so I personally think that uh, I agree with Steve. We need to be able to be more transparent here. Uh, I think these meetings need to be uh, set up where the member, more members can um, can actually chime in, or may potentially have someone else um, to be able to relay that information to us in a more you know a timely fashion, in my opinion. Okay. And where are we in the order? Is that everybody? It should be Dexter. Dexter's last. Okay. See, number one, guys. Uh, I think it's it, it. You know, when it comes to our minutes, what the agendas are. If we if we get to those, and if they are posted somewhere, I would like to know. Uh, transparency is key to get this organization back in order. Okay. I think I think okay. we're at Luigi. Yeah. Um, so. The minutes themselves currently or in the past few years have been abysmal. I mean, you have a board member referencing items that happened in a previous meeting that isn't in the minutes. Um, all the boards that I've been a part of, I mean, the minutes are going to have what happens, who does, who said what, how they said it. Um, and if you don't have proper minutes, I mean, it's a government document. Document. Okay, moving Our on to rates. 
Go ahead, Ray. Uh, I, I've already gone on this question. He, oh, he started this okay. off. So now it's my turn, right. right? I get to ask the question. He started off the question, sir. All right. Yes. So uh, there are three directors that are employed by the board of directors of which you will be a part. If any of those three directors are non-performing, how would you suggest reviewing performance for continued employment or dismissal? It seems like there's tremendous um, institutional inertia in the case of somebody non-performing that they get to sit in the seat until they absolutely blow up, which I don't think serves the organization. So I'm curious how you would um, encourage review of those positions. So we started with Ray last time. That means takes us back to the top with Steve. So Steve, you're up. So the first thing that I would do is, remember I talked about building this and, and doing it as a larger corporation. We need specific reviews set in place for every single position hired by our board. And those reviews should take place on an annual basis because if you do any more than that, it's going to... It, basically, in any type of employment, we have to give them a position to better themselves. So by putting it any, any longer of a separation, then we're not going to give them the chance to be able to better themselves or for us to do anything punitive to them. So in summary, you want yearly annual reviews in front of the board? Of, of I want annual reviews that are by our policies and procedures required for every employee. Okay. That brings us uh, to Todd. You're up. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with, you know, what Steve has to say there on that. Uh, the biggest one problem that we have, we have a good old boy system running the organization here. And a lot of times we put people on the board because nobody else wants to run. I mean, we end up with, a, you know, an area eight director or an area six director. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's just somebody who wants to run. And, and sometimes that is a bad thing when you're running, a, you know, a nonprofit bringing in millions of dollars a year. Um, I have said from the very beginning that it's very important that we have a CEO to run this company, um, this corporation, um, and that, that CEO really should actually inform the board. Do we need to hire a board of directors? Do we do that with someone outside the industry? Uh, that's important. I, I think this is a this okay. has been a problem since the very you know beginning of the organization. Um, so. Not to say so, that the field board not great people, but it is a problem. I agree. So, in, in summary, okay. you supported an executive that led reviews of these people uh, yes. with the reorganization. Okay. That brings us to Dexter. Dexter, you're up. How would you promote performance reviews amongst I, the employees? Yeah, I, I would do it monthly, not yearly. Um, I think that if you're not performing, we could see that, right? So. I believe that we need to um, definitely monitor each and everyone's uh, time in the board. Um, I would definitely uh, encourage uh, regular reviews if they're performing or not. Okay. So annual reviews versus, or uh, monthly reviews versus annual reviews. So more feedback no, so that there's more opportunity. Okay. All right. That brings us yes. to Luigi. And we'll come back. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> I feel like we need oh, to can you blink twice? Or something like that. <laughs> I, I guess that means I'm up. Ray, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> okay, so you know, having huge insight into how how NROI is 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 run versus how it's reported to the board, you know, I, you, you got to dig a little deeper than just reviews, you know, because you know I I don't know how you're going to review a guy if uh, unless you go deeper and you're going to have to survey and go out to the people that work for these these employees and who they're interacting with before you can really get into to what they're doing there, there needs Interesting. to be a so you're proposing rather scrutiny. than a review more of an audit like using an audit to yes gather because their just performance. you know performance reviews at, at where i worked was you know was it they were kind of a joke because you you know half the time it's it's what the employees telling you or you know you really got to have to dig deeper and, and and really audit what these people are actually doing okay very good and luigi he's back now so luigi how would you promote performance yeah, I think reviews? Back okay ready um, to go. like like steve said i mean um on the corporate on the corporate side of things um Okay, so you want to bring clarity to what the responsibilities of performance should be through updating job descriptions as well as then holding their feet to the fire, making them be accountable for what's in the JD. Okay. Dave, that, that brings you back to the, the question. It does. So, and we this question starts with Todd. Todd, you and I live in an area where matches fill up very quickly. Um, some areas of the country don't fill up quite so quick, but do you have any plans to help clubs around the country that do fill up quickly? Wow, it, it's, a, it's a problem of time that we all deal with. You know, we can only shoot so many people through in a day's match, whether we shoot six stages, eight stages, ten stages in a local match. Uh, like this weekend, we had 150 people uh, end up shooting over a two-day period. Uh, a lot of clubs now are shooting half a day on Saturday during setup and on the East Coast, and then they're going to Sunday, uh, and then uh, creating a you know another hundred shooters. Um, that's the only way we can do this. Sub clubs don't have that ability. Um, I would love to be able to go out there and work with NSSF uh, and some other organizations and figure out how we can get some more clubs on the ground nationwide. Whether we go after some grants somewhere along the way, there's grant money that has been sitting around for years. Uh, I've been looking at and been talking to people about uh, there are things that we can do. Uh, yeah, it's really a tough situation. Ray knows how that and all of us know how we uh, can go out there and try to figure out how to get more okay. people through. It's just a tough game to do that for. Okay. Dexter. Yes, sir. Um, I went to an, uh, a few uh, IEPA matches and consulted with them. I'm like, we need, instead of bickering about uh, USPSA and IDPA, we need to unite 
because to me shooting is shooting regardless of what discipline you what you use but i i in our local matches uh we also do uh saturday and sunday like um Todd says. Uh, we have between 150 to 200 shooters in one weekend um it's a lot of people to uh, run and i uh, i visit a lot of our local ranges who does not have that much uh, participation okay. and encourage uh, some of our members to uh, visit them as well because we do have a lot of ranges that um, have a lot of um, participation but i think encouraging people to uh, visit other ranges is also key Okay. Okay. Luigi. Uh, you guys cut out. What question are we on? So the question is, there are certain areas in the country that the matches fill up rapidly, like literally in minutes. Do you have a plan to try to help those clubs or those areas that have a plethora of people? So uh, that's a, a, a wonky situation because uh, some areas are very limited in their facilities that they have um like todd mentioned if you go to ontolani i mean they're they're doing saturday sunday local matches um if you come down to south florida we got okay crowd that does saturday sunday local matches um not everyone has uh the local support to be able to put on multiple events it's we just need to see about uh starting other clubs and and having uh organizational support for the local events to, to try to uh, maximize the opportunities that we have uh, locally. Okay. Okay. It's time. Perfect. Ray. Oh, well, you know, I, I agree with what everybody said, but there's one other aspect of it. I, I worked with a, a club out of Houston and in the, the same club, they had uh, four different groups putting on matches every weekend. So if, if you've got a hundred plus people, working or wanting to shoot the match we need to promote the volunteerism and get some of those people to pick a weekend and and have them run the match at that club so basically so you could have two clubs running out of the same place and, and people aren't overloading you know trying to get people through okay. and shoot okay steve so i think all the, the best answers may have already been hit upon uh, just to recap, the areas that have the high enough population to be able to get that many people out there, we need to try to foster new clubs, uh, whether that be with grants to help fund that new club or just get people the idea and give the other folks the support that they need and help the other club support a new club to start up. Because that's really the only way that you're going to be able to not have them fill up just within a few minutes. Uh, one of the things that will help the help them with filling up is by having them to volunteer. Okay. If you volunteer first, you get to shoot first. Um, you get to you get to register first. So that methods like that will help increase volunteerism and hopefully eventually increase the number of clubs available. Okay. okay. Excellent. All right, Manny. We're All on right. to the next one. What would you? as president due to increase engagement in uspsa you know like voting roing um and match directors and the such who dexter. starts on this one who do we start with dexter okay yeah it's dexter oh i'm sorry oh uh i'm i'm already uh pretty new at our club and i we definitely emphasize to volunteer in, in our ranges i i volunteer at our local matches uh, to build um, to RO 
And I, you know, I think as uh, USPSA shooters, we, we need to be the ambassador for Second Amendment. And, and you know, I mean, we have, what, millions of people that, that are armed. Okay, Luigi. But we only have, what, 40,000 oh. 40, members? Okay. Um, so, uh, there is no incentive to be a volunteer. Uh, there's no incentive to, to, to go out and vote, to RO, to do any of this stuff. I mean, um, it's all based off of the local club saying, hey, if you help set up our match, then you can shoot for free. Or if you RO this match, then you can your, your match fees comped. Uh, there's no real incentive top down. Uh, we, as an organization, we need to figure out a plan, um, either with uh, like quarterly raffles or something like that. Hey, if you work X amount of matches, uh, you can put it in. And and I mean, we have enough sponsors in the sport. I mean, there's enough product that comes into the organization that that we yeah. can do something to incentivize. To find ways to incentivize volunteerism. Yes. Ray. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I don't disagree with all those, but you know, it, you know, I, I, I think it, you know, going back to the early days, it was more about coming out and shooting and having fun with your friends and, and, and building things and doing it together than it was trying to incentivize people to shoot. It was, it was a shared thing, like going out and playing golf with your buddies. You're not winning anything, you know, so, we we have to build that camaraderie. We have to work with the local clubs so they they know how to bring new people in and, and treat them right. You know, one of the worst things I've ever seen at, at, at local club matches is is okay. somebody new comes in and and they 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 shun them and they don't really talk to them. We have to get over that. I think we lost Ray there. The Ray's back. Steve? So I think that it's imperative that we open lines of communication directly to our clubs. That is the largest way to affect the biggest amount of people is creating simple policies, things that help out with our match directors, you know, how to get other people involved. And as a match director, I've never had anybody from headquarters or DNRI reach out to me to ask anything or even push out information to me. So I think that's the biggest part is creating that line of communication from headquarters to the club. And by getting that line out, people will feel that they're more invested. And it starts with the, the club and it moves on down to the individual membership with their willingness and feeling of involvement in that club. Todd. Well, of course, uh, this game has always been a volunteer game um, from the very beginning. Uh, like Ray said, um, we're talking about volunteers. Uh, we did this because we love the sport. We love the game. It didn't matter what it took. We were there, rain or shine, setting up stages, tearing things down, designing new um, props, designing new targets. Um, basically, you know, every single uh, month something would come up. Uh, you, you get groups of people that you get great volunteers that cycle through for eight or ten years. They come and then they go. And you get a new cycle of volunteers that come in. We volunteer for one thing. We volunteer because we love the game. It's about the love of the sport and love about shooting. Um, for me, um, I, I just I don't know how in the world we can ever get anything 
um, make this make it more simple and get more people involved. We're not shooting sporting clays here. We just call pull. And there's so much time and effort that goes into building stages okay. and building these things. Volunteerism is going to be our biggest one thing that we need to push, and that's what that's my opinion on it. Okay. okay. All right, David, it's back to you. It's back around to me. Okay, so. Yep. You and Luigi. Everybody, everybody is aware Yi Min Lin was removed from uh, the presidency for his conduct and how he conducted himself. This is a sport, but it's a hobby. It's a way to hang out with your friends. I mean, we fraternize on the range. That's what we do. But if you are chosen as president, how will you conduct yourself as being the figurehead for USPSA at major matches? Is there anything that you may change about what you do today? And so who are we starting with? I lost track of who we're going with. I think it's Luigi. Luigi. It's Luigi. Luigi, you're the one going first on this one? Okay. Um, I probably wouldn't change anything. I mean, uh, yes, there is an issue or there was an issue with, uh, the, the former president technically. Um, but I mean, you guys have all known me for years. Uh, what you see is what you get. Uh, can I, can I turn up the professionalism just a little bit? Yeah. But, um, as is it, it, it's, you, I'm not going to change much. Okay. okay. That brings us to Ray. Okay, so I, you know, I I'm not going to change my you know performance much at all either. I I think if anybody's you know everybody's seen me work nationals, I've been to 110 plus nationals, and you know the level of professionalism that that I think I show, I I, I hope it speaks for itself. You know, I and, and I'll I'll do the same thing as as president. Uh, you know, it, it just, you know, you just need to be, you know, the only, the only thing that I would change is, is maybe I listen a little more when people are talking to me. That's, that's, that's a big thing. You have to listen before, before you can really get there. Okay. Brings us back around to Steve. So I've uh, pretty much ran the gamut of levels of professionalism and unprofessionalism on a range. Not that I ever treated anyone as disrespectful as it has been put there. But when you're the president, you have to know that all eyes are completely on you. So that means leave nothing to doubt and leave no, leave no chance for people to be offended. If somebody says that something offends them, make sure that, the, that you don't do that action in front of them and make sure that everyone there is comfortable. <clears throat> when I say I've been at every level... I've been, you know, paying for myself. I've been an RO, a CRO. I've been paid by a corporation to represent them there. So that okay. different levels of professionalism is required at each one of those. So I feel that I pretty much wouldn't change anything about myself other than making sure that I am a, at the most professional level possible when I'm representing USPSA on the range. It, it doesn't okay. matter what you're doing at that point. You are representing USPSA because you have that title. Okay. That brings us back to Todd. Well, um, being professional um, is something that I've tried to do my entire career. Uh, have we got off track somewhere along the way? I think we all have somewhere along the way. Um, yes, if I'm um, elected president, um, you have to have a standard that's higher than anybody else on the range. Uh, and for me personally, 
uh, I want that professionalism coming at a higher standard, even for myself. So I'm looking for one thing and one thing only. Um, I think that we all need to step up and watch what's going on and pay attention and be as professional as we can because there's so many other people looking at us, not okay. only in the gun world, but things that are happening outside on the 2A community. We need to be uh, at the point where we need to pay more attention to that and um, everything, would it be online or would it be uh, on the range? Okay. And that brings us back to Dexter. Yes, uh, I definitely, uh, I'm professional when it comes to ROing and uh, CROing. Uh, I wouldn't change much. Uh, we do have, you know, have our funds here and there, but definitely watch our uh, language when we're around kids and uh, women. Um, but yeah, I, I, to me, uh, I wouldn't change much either. Okay. Dave, that brings us through. It does. Back to me, and Ray will be the individual that gets the question. So this is a yes-no question with uh, why to support your answer, and do you think the sport, the USPSA, is running well? Yes, uh, but uh, more on the local level because, you know, here's the reality is 75% or more of the of the local clubs have no idea what's going on on the national level. They pay no attention to it. So as far as just going into a local club and, and shooting, I, I think most clubs do a great job. You know, the, the problem that it's is is it's it's nationals and and all the rule changes with with very little notification or input from the membership okay, okay. steve i'm going to answer it no because the only level that right now is concerning is at the board level and the reason i feel that no is i feel that there's the board is not being open enough and not creating enough unity with everything that's going on and we don't have a good solid budget. We don't have good plans going into the into the future. So to be well ran, I think all of those are a good solid requirement. Okay, Todd. Okay. Well, I like to be neutral on both of this. I'm kind of yes and no. I'm with Ray, and I'm also with Steve. There, um, exactly what they're saying. So, uh, yes, there are things at the top um, as far as as far as the organization, how it needs to be run. I think it needs to. There's some things that we need to look at, and I, I, we, we need to look at that sooner than later. Um, when it comes to the local level, I agree with Ray 100%, um, because all the local clubs, a lot of these people that could care less about what goes on with the board, or even at the nationals. We've got people who just want to come out and shoot. They just want to have fun. And I think it's up to us to make sure that we bridge that okay. from, from the top organization down back down to membership and get more involved in that side of the uh, local level. See what we can do there to get more drive more people um, to the shooting sport. Okay. Okay. Dexter. Yes, I um, I say yes. The USPSA is doing something great, but um, we do need to be more transparent. Uh, we need to involve our members more. Uh, there are a lot of things that uh, we need to take care of, and there are a lot of things that USPSA has been doing great uh, at, a, at a local level. 
we're doing um, incredible. You know, um, uh, we have our members are participating almost 100% uh, with building and things like that. So I, I would say yes. Okay. And Luigi? Uh, I'm going to split that one into two, into two parts, though. Um, the sport is fine. The sport's doing great. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's affiliated and sanctioned with USPSA or if you have these outlaw matches, these hit factor matches. The sport itself is fine. If USPSA, the organization, went defunct tomorrow, we're still going to go to the range. We're still going to shoot matches. The sport's fine. The organization, not so much. Okay. Okay. All right. So, Manny, we're back to you, and you will be starting with I have down Steve. All right. So, Steve, how can we make USPSA much more of a household sport name, and how would you want to do that? Um, I spoke about this some in on my last term. Some of those things have started to happen by, by working with our partners. And everybody that I've talked to, that I've interviewed, that I've listened to be interviewed, as soon as they found out about shooting sports – they were enamored with it and they moved on in, in this competition world. So I think just getting our name out there and marketing is in one way is doing it. I have seen a few of our actual ads on Facebook from USPSA recently. Um, that's one of the many things that needs to be done to get our name out there. The more people that see it, the more people that are exposed to it, the better off we're going to be that. And we can create okay. uh, other methods for, I'm sorry. Time's up. Thank you very much. <laughs> Todd. Hey, Todd. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I think it's my turn. Um, yes. yes. So for me personally, uh, I have been involved in other organizations over the years. Uh, I have I have uh, worked with the NRA and tried to get them on board with us a few years ago. Uh, that fell on deaf ears. I had something set up with them. I also worked with NSSF on some stuff years ago that fell on deaf ears. Um, also, uh, recently I made a contact with a good friend of mine who is a director of USA Shooting. I think Donna Webb has already been contacting him. Uh, see, we're doing stuff with that. But these organizations, we need to be able to get involved with them. By getting involved in those organizations, okay. what is that going to do for us? It's going to give us more face time. Also, on top of that, we need to do take a page out of out of um, NASCAR, what they did years ago. These guys are who are the top shooters, the Nils, the JJs, the Maxes. Um, you know, um, these guys need to be the face of the organization. And I've said for okay. years, when you put a face to an organization as a personality, you will drive more people to that sport. And it's working in, in work in NFL. It's working in in a and you know, in football, it's worked everywhere over the years. So okay. that's just my opinion on that. Okay. All right. So, so just a follow-up question to that, simply because that's a curious thought. So would the organization, in your mind, pick who their brand ambassadors, if you wanted to call it that, for the year would be? Who, who would they be? No, I'm just saying, would the organization sanction and be like, okay, this year – we're going to give exposure to Max, JJ, and Nils, or whatever. And that would come from the organization level in your mind? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Dexter, the question is yours. Yes. Uh, yeah, so to me, um, I said USPSA shooter. Uh, I think we're, we should be the ambassador for the Second Amendment. And, um, you know, to me, 
I, I, I'm also a DFRMs instructor and a lot of students I introduce into USPSA. Uh, I definitely are more focusing on the juniors than our seniors because I believe that the juniors are future, the future of the sport. And our seniors has a lot to offer to, to definitely um, uh, share to juniors, uh, not just about shooting, but in life in general. Um, we are back to Luigi. We all have guns, and guns in this day and age are a touchy subject. Um, it's it's on the national news and all that stuff. So what we need to do is we need to band together between, uh, like Todd was was touching upon, uh, get all all the firearm firearm corporations, um, all the 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 Second Amendment uh, foundations. Um, and the different sports. I mean, why don't we have better communications with IDPA, with um, uh, with, with trap and skeets, um, or any any of the other sports? Okay. Um, we we all need to, to band together and, and try to bring this to uh, the layperson um, in every way that matters. Um, social media. Uh, I know we're a not for profit, so we can't really okay. lobby. Um, but we can do other things to bring USPSA to be a household name. All right. Now, Ray, back to you. Well, you know, I, I agree with that a lot, but we need to create not just top name shooters, but we need to create ads that show families shooting, kids shooting, and that kind of thing, along with the top end shooters. You, you really need to show the full full depth of the sport and the full depth of the sport is not just the top end shooters it's the it's the family day at the range shooting and having fun that's that's what we need to promote if we're really going to grow the sport okay all right that should be everybody david okay so uh, this is originally was written as two questions, but uh, this I'm lifting this from Scott Jedlinski. Um, he has two things. What do people need to start doing? What do people need to stop doing? So I want to apply that question to the organization. So I need you each to pick one thing that USPSA needs to start <clears throat> doing and one thing USPSA needs to stop doing that you would be pushing for as president. Who are we starting with, Dave? Todd. Todd. So, Todd, if you could give me one thing that USPSA should start doing today and then one thing that USPSA should stop doing, and then we'll go a minute on this one because that's basically two questions. Yeah. Um, well, me, for personally, I think we need to get back to the, the original roots of this organization is that we treat everybody as that we want to be treated. So, you know, we get to the point where the organization has gotten away from that, and we have gotten to a point where we're sharper with um, with new members coming on the range. So I think it's about one thing. When we go on the range, everybody should be equal. Um, and when I get up there and sort of on the line, I want to make sure that you are the person that I want to, I want you to treat me like, like I'm going to be, um, be treated no matter what. Uh, well, I'm seeing we get away from that in the last 10 years, and things are happening there. Uh, far as far as getting um, something else, I, I mean, I, I mean that, that's a loaded question, and we could take ten minutes to load that question on there. 
So I, I, I say we get, need to get back to hardcore respect is what I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. That's going to bring us to Dexter. If we could start doing something and stop doing something for USPSA, what would they be for maximum good? I would say that we need to start promoting um, more junior programs, like the MGM program that uh, MGM Targets did a while back that really promoted USPSA greatly. Uh, Max Michelle was involved with that. Um, and what USPSA needs to probably stop doing is, uh, I, I would just definitely, you know, want the program to be a lot more As a nonprofit, I think we have the duty to uh, be transparent to not only our members, but um, follow the law, you know? Very succinct. All right. Uh, Luigi, you're up. Uh, what's one thing USPSA should start doing and one thing USPSA should stop doing? USPSA, the organization, needs to start having open lines of communications um, between uh, the board, between headquarters, between the membership. Um, and so communication, transparency, that's what they need to start doing. Uh, what they need to stop doing is fiscal irresponsibility. I mean, they, they need to stop hemorrhaging money left and right, uh, which has been the norm for the past few years. Okay. We've got 30 more seconds if you want to expand on that. Uh, I'm, I'm good on that. All right, you're good. All right, Ray, start doing and stop doing. Okay, I, I, I think, you know, I, I've talked about this before uh, tonight, is we, we've got to start giving more support to the local clubs. And, you know, that that's the key to growing the sport. We have to support the local clubs and the junior programs and, and you know, on and on and, and do more advertising things we need to stop doing. Uh, we need to stop being so divisive in everything we do. You know, you know, the poor, you know, the board's made a, a lot of bad decisions, but there have been, they've been in, put in such a position that no matter what they did, they were going to be wrong. So, you know, how do you fix that? We, we just need to stop the divisiveness and, 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 Quit attacking each other and, and listen and, and, and be communication to each other. Otherwise, we're not going to get this done. You know, we're we're going to implode on ourselves if 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 we quit keep fighting amongst ourselves. Okay. And that's going to bring us back to Steve. So what we need to start doing is getting our name out there, working with our partner organizations to just to push ourselves out there as much as we possibly can. Uh, as I was going to state earlier, I think we need an absolute following of what we have right now. Basically make every USPSA member a brand ambassador. Work on a structure that rewards people for bringing other people into our sport. That's where the Internet's gone, most companies have gone, and I think that's the biggest thing we need to focus on right now is getting our sport in front of more people. And we can leverage our partnerships to do that. What we need to stop doing. We need to stop doing negative things to our organization. Um, both, first of all, we, we have to have a budget. And we need to 
cut that budget and get it back there. We also need to stop breaking our bylaws. If we need to follow Robert's Rules of Order, we need to follow our bylaws, what was written, and do that whether it's painful or whether it's something we want to do or not. Okay. We need to stop circumventing good practices, basically. Okay. All right. Dave, we're back to you. Yeah, we're back to me and back to Todd. Okay. So one of the things um, Ray was talking about being stop being divisive. Um, one of the things that has caused people's dander to rise is the banning of members of the USPSA. Now, there are occasions where it's necessary, but it seems to have uh, created a stir. In your opinion, what are some infractions that do justify a ban? And Todd, we'll start with you. Well, I've been working on this for about a month now. Um, I, I, a lot of people have been upset about this, but I feel that we need a code of conduct within the organization. Uh, I started searching around doing um, some, doing some in, investigative work and found out all these companies and other shooting organizations around the world uh, with a code of conduct. First of all, we don't have one. When you have one or two people making decisions, uh, about an individual instead of a group of people or having a code of conduct, we need to have that in place. Um, so if an individual um, who does something to actually hurt the organization uh, that could cause uh, a problem where we could get sued, uh, that is a situation that we need to be able to potentially get rid of that individual. Uh, it is, it's an ongoing thing. We've had several incidents in the past. We have several incidents that are taking place now uh, and we, in my opinion, okay. is we need to have it straight on today. Okay. Dexter. Yeah, can you repeat the question again? Yes. So yeah. in the recent past, we've had some people get banned, and it's caused a lot of hurt, heartburn. In your estimation, what, in your opinion, what are some things that justify a ban of membership? I, it would have to be criminal. To me, I, I think a lifetime ban would definitely be that detrimental to the shooter. Uh, we, we as a, a shooter, we go out to shoot for fun with our friends and family, right? So basically, to me, if you give someone a lifetime ban, that's almost a death sentence. I work in a prison. That, that's that's not good. I, I think we should um, do that as a group. To if we wanted to ban someone, but I, I would not. I would. I don't believe in the lifetime ban. I, I think maybe a suspension but not a lifetime ban, because that's, to me as a shooter, that would be my death. Okay. Okay. Uh, for bans, uh, cheating would be number one. Uh, uh, if, if you don't have the honor to, to uphold, you know, uh, mm -hmm. egregious cheating, then, then it's like, uh, why are we even doing this? I mean, this is a sport at the end of the day. Uh, if not, why, why would we even keep score? Uh, another thing would be assault. I mean, if, if, yeah, we're all uh, type A, uh, high testosterone guys and, and gals. I mean, we, we're going to have arguments. But, I mean, you lay your hands on someone, you threaten someone, you pull a gun on someone, uh, you got to go. Um, and then malicious That's endangerment. Time. All right. Okay. We get the idea. Ray. 
again, I, I, you know, I, you know, go with the Luigi on this. You know, if if there's assault or stealing or or or, or something of that nature, that that should be a ban or cheating. But you know, you know, there's the borderline stuff. Like, okay, you know, the reality is, you know, some of the current directors in, in, have in front of me perform simple assault and simple assault is getting in somebody's face and cussing them out in many states that's considered to be simple assault you know so you can't just say assault you know you know is is that worth banning you know i don't know but you know it, it's it's a very hard topic and and we must not do it the way we're doing we have to have some sort of better communication and, and a way to have a, a board it's that time. decides this okay so ray basically you're saying you would go suspension before you went ban depending on the egregiousness yes. of whatever yeah. it occurs yes. yeah okay and, and and a deeper investigation to really to see what's going on it can't just be left up to a, a couple people you know if, if okay if there's an investigation you know and there's an, a, a ban okay let's let's send a new set of eyes on it and 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 try to work through it that way and see see if if they come up with the same thing okay steve so i'm against the whole ban thing to begin with um it solved absolutely nothing that was my question before it happened is was it's going to solve and it's it solved nothing because these guys weren't doing stuff a lot of it at matches it was just a bunch of internet stuff I think the first thing we need, before we even think about a code of conduct, because we just outed the guy for conduct that was a proponent of the code of conduct. Um, so the first thing we need to do is a list of what we as an organization should do to communicate to that individual that they are doing something that is not good to the organization. Obviously, some of us think that would be something obvious that people would understand. If somebody commits a criminal offense, that isn't that is something that should have them removed from the organization okay. for that. And besides that, obviously cheating would be, but I think we need a better method of putting this out there to the, you know, Hey, stop doing this or we're going to take an action and then have our actions listed of what we can do. Not just wait till the end, run it in front of a group and ban someone. Okay. All right. So that brings us to the end of that question. So Manny, it's back to you and Dexter, We'll be the first one to get your question. Real, real quickly, I just want to say, guys, appreciate you, but I got to jump off. So, uh, good luck to everybody, and appreciate you guys taking the time out of your days to participate. But I got to go connect with the fam. So, see you guys. All right, thanks, David. Thanks, David. Thanks. David. Have a good evening. All right. No time uh, limits now. Thank you, guys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Chaos. Don't worry, I'll, 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 I'll keep time at this point, unfortunately. Um, this is a question um, you said, let me see, we're starting with Dexter, I believe. Yes, um, yes, Dexter. As we are a region of IPSC, um, as the president, how will you strengthen that relationship? Uh, we have an organization that is planning to go to the World Shoot in less than three years to South Africa. We're already... Uh, involving our local match uh, we would tear down uh, each of our matches and put in uh, epic targets and we do have um, experts from um, epic that will come and trust 
uh, we definitely, uh, you know, and, and EPSEC is the world stage. USPA is pretty small compared to EPSEC. So I think if you want to get into um, the world stage, you need to uh, be close to um, EPSEC. USA needs to work together with EPSEC. And I, uh, even IDPA is closer to EPSEC. So we need to work with them. All right, time. Thank okay. you, Dexter. Um, Luigi. Um, so the first time I traveled out of country for an IPSC match was in 2003. Uh, I've been shooting <laughs> national since 2013, I think, was my first one. You're welcome. Um, so personally, I have a lot of relationships with different RDs from all over the world. Uh, so, with, I mean, Todd Jarrett probably has uh, a lot of the same relationships as, as I do. It, we already have that support system and, and that communication system in place. We just got, need to call upon that and, and and bring us, I wouldn't say more in line with IPSC, but we need a better understanding and, and, and more IPSC in this country uh, just so we can have a better relationship with our parent organization. All right, time. Thank you, Luigi. Um, Ray, we are to you. Yeah, we just, we need to you know, open the lines of communications and, and you know, we, we need to talk to the IPSC folks and see if there's any, you know, common ground we can come to. But, you know, we've done such a poor job of doing that in the past. And, and that's not, you know, a knock on USPSA. It's a knock on, on both of us because IPSC is very hard headed and USPSA has been very hard headed and, and without sitting down and, and, and talking, you know, you're never going to get anywhere. We, we need we need IPSC, but IPSC also needs USPSA because we are the biggest voting body. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And we are now to Steve. So I feel that we strengthen that relationship the same way you strengthen any relationship by, you know, reaching across the table and having a nice chat with them. Uh, like we, we have been married to IPSC for many, many years. That's been rocky at different times through different presidents. But the bottom line is we need to help them in the way that we support our shooters. Because there's a lot of times the slot, the, our slots don't get filled. And our shooters going to the world shoot and other large matches don't get the support that I believe they should. So I think that we can better support our shooters in going there, and that will in increase and strengthen our relationship. All right. Thank you. And uh, to Todd? Well, I have a different opinion on this. Uh, I think we need to work on our own house here first. I think we need to get our own house in order uh, within USPSA. I know all those guys. I've traveled around the world 12 times. I've shot, you know, several dozen of matches around the world over the years. I understand how the politics works in that. Uh, and it goes up and down, um, whether it's our, one of our presidents or their president. It's a constant battle, and it has been. And I know Ray, Ray knows about that because we've um, had, you know, IPSC matches here in the state of the year. Uh, I personally um, know a lot of the people that are running, um, running IPSC, and uh, I'm friends with them. I had some conversation with them recently. Um, so one thing leads to another. Yeah, we need to be able to, to respond to um their actions and we need to they need to respond to us uh this is a two-way street here we are 50 percent of the world uh you know body of shooters and um we need to be able to get a little bit more respect sometimes 
uh, on that side. I get it. I know where we're coming from. Uh, so uh, I'll be glad to be able to entertain right. that with those boys. All right. David, back to you. All right. So we're going to start with Luigi on this one. Now, Bianchi Cup just changed hands again to CMP, but they're keeping it in the same place. Same match location it's always been. Um, I, I could be wrong here, but I believe in the early days of USPSA, Nationals was held in the same place all the time. Now, Nationals is, aside from setting the agenda for the meeting, for the BOD meeting, the Nationals is one of the big things, uh, one of the big responsibilities for the USPSA president. What are your thoughts on locations and type of nationals? So, Luigi, that one's you. That, that's a really loaded question. Um, it is. And <laughs> we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what we can do and how we can answer that. Um, okay. Location. Uh, like uh, Ray Hirsch was the, the the range master for the classic for uh, many years, and it was always held in in Illinois. Uh, there aren't many ranges in the country that could hold what we should consider a national event. Um, so what we need to do is is make a list of all of those ranges. I mean, I can name a, a handful off the top of my head, but not many more than that. Uh, I know Jake Martins ha has scouted a lot more, uh, but unless we know what those locations and, and the facilities are, we wouldn't be able to discuss what, where we would want it to go. Uh, we don't own property. Uh, we don't own a range, so we can't have it at our place. Um, and have, having contracts only work go so far with the timing. Um, format, uh, we lose money on nationals every year. And we lose a lot of money on nationals every year. Uh, so before we go into that side of the things, we need to see what the budget is and what our financial situation is currently. I mean, we don't even have our audit from last year, so um, we, I can't really answer that truthfully or honestly uh, unless we have more data to get a better answer. But um, okay. yes, one nationals would be cool. Uh, but Carry Optics is at four, uh, 500 and something, and they're, they're with a 200-person wait list. Uh, Open Nationals is at a 100-person wait list uh, with 400 and some shooters. Everybody wants to shoot everything, and we just need to find the places that can do it. Okay. Ray. Uh, you know, uh, I'd like to be able to move it around the country so people could actually drive to at least one Nationals, but... The reality is, you know, there's just not the ranges out there. There's Cardinal, you know, and passes just completely out because of the range owner. It, it's a fantastic place, but it, it, it's just not a venue you could go to anymore. Uh, you know, there's Cardinal, there's Talladega, and there, you know, and Frostproof is out now because of, you know, the the range ownership there again. So. You know, we need to find some new places. You know, I know there's a range coming on in Tennessee in a few years, and, and Volusia is definitely big enough. I don't know that we've engaged them. That that would be a great place to have it on a rotating basis, you know. So, you know, I would work 
with having, you know, whatever place, you know, we need to move it around. Thank you. I think it definitely needs to be moved around. I think the ranges are there. I think the, the support is there, and I think that's one of the best parts about Nationals is getting it to everyone. Uh, most of the people that I've talked to that have went to Nationals, that has spurred them to go bigger and do bigger things in our sport. I think it's extremely important that we have Nationals to be available in different areas within a driving time and to be able to have those matches. You know, the ranges are there. They're available. It just takes time getting them there. And that's what we have been doing, maybe not as much as was done in the past, but I feel that it definitely needs moved around. Yeah, there are plenty of ranges in this country to hold a Nationals. I mean, we've been shooting on them for years. Um, you just got to know who to go talk to and, and, and set that up. Um, I, I know probably 15 places we could go and hold it. My recommendation is that we lose the damn Nationals every year um, because of funding. I mean, we have, we're losing money. Like Lugie said, we're always in the, in, the, in the red when it comes to doing that. I got a recommendation is why don't we hold all eight championships at area championships so have an area championship coincide with the West Nationals. So if you want to go to Area 2 next year and you want to shoot, and so we'll set up to run the Karyopics Nationals there. So what happens is it'll still be the Area 2 championship. You can still shoot any gun you want, but we'll include that as a national championship. Now, will everybody be able to shoot that? Uh, probably not. But the thing about it is now we can have eight nationals nationwide. People can drive. They could shoot every single nationals if they wanted to. So now we can use staff on hand that's going to be local. We say we bring in a short amount of headquarters in to be able to um, to run that. Uh, and in, in most all these area matches, every single one of them are in the black when it gets finished. Um, and think about it. Most of them hold 400, 450 shooters um, at every area match, except Area 5 here recently in Area 6. Wow. That was great, Todd. I, I agree with Todd. That's, that's a... That's a great idea. I think we should, um, you know, look into that. I think there's we have a lot of places to go to. Um, even in California, there's places that we can go to that can hold that. But people are afraid because of the gun laws and things like that. But yeah, there's a lot of there's plenty of places that we can go to. We just need to explore those. Thank you. All right. So this question kind of leads off of the last one. Um, as our sport's growing and the popularity of carry optics, it's harder and harder to getting to some national level events. Um, what is one thing or one idea you would like to present um, to help remedy this problem with national slots? Well, that's that's a touch, tough situation because it's all about the money and 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 bring if if, if you're going to expand the number of people that are shooting the match. You have to expand the staff and the time they're there and the money. You know, that's really tough situation, you know, but, you know, and if, if, if you go for four days now, you, you have to go to like 24 stages, six a day for four days. So in order to put more people in the match, you have to go a longer period. So, you know, it, you know, I, that that's the only way it can be done. You know, if if that's what the membership wanted, 
you know, that's what we should do. But, you know, I, I wouldn't do that unless we somehow polled the membership and, and, and try to figure out exactly how they wanted to hold nationals. And, and I would do my best to do what the, uh, you know, the people, the, you know, uh, USPSA membership wanted. That's what I would do. Thank you, Ray. Now we are back to Steve. So this question is kind of a loaded question. There's a lot of little things that we could do mm -hmm. to increase a few people here, or a few people there. The bottom line is with certain divisions, that match really needs to be bigger. It really needs to be able to hold six, 800 people at some of those matches. And mm -hmm. as Ray said, those are going to be painful growing pains in the fact that we have to have more staff or we have to reduce the amount of time each person sends on a stage. And we either, then in order to do some of that, we may have to increase the stages. I think if the demand is there, well, first things first, and most importantly, as Todd said earlier, we can't keep losing money on this stuff. We have to be able to have that as a quantifiable or expected loss or gain and not be losing money. So the price of nationals is about the same as it was in 2008. I'm not saying we should make it actuarial right th at this moment and increase it exponentially, but I think the price of that needs to go up, and I think that if that price does go up somewhat, that some of that wanted participation will go down. Thank you, Steve. We are now to Todd. I, I, I think I already answered that question. It's very similar to the last question. Th this is how can we make nationals take all the people that it wants? Oh well, I don't, I don't, I don't. Well, the thing about it is, is I don't really agree with that um, in a lot of ways. Um, I, I think that, uh, like Ray was talking about, having twenty-four stages. I don't think we need twenty-four stages. Why can't we have eighteen? Why can't we have fifteen? Um, and then to a point where. I just don't think that quantity um, is necessary. I think, you know, think about what I said a while ago about having maybe the national championships hit all the area matches. Every region has its own flavor of type of, of matches that you're going to have. Area 8 is going to have a totally different, you know, style or flavor than it is at Area 2 or Area 1 or Area 3. The thing about it is, is that we need a different flavor for the nationals. I've only shot a couple of hundred of these damn things. And, and they get boring. And I want to see some more, you know, more adventure into these stages. I mean, I can tell you right now, back in the day, I mean, it, it would set stage up, take them a month to build them. And it would be fabulous. And it may not be but a 24-round stage. But, you know, people had, they always remembered those things. And these are the things we need to get back to, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, a lot of people may not like that. But I don't think we need to have six or 700 people at the Nationals. Uh, why can't we do quality 350 um, shooter are the best shooters in the country. Thank you, Todd. And Dexter, we're to you. Yeah, I I pretty much agree with that, too. I, I don't think that uh, uh, we need to, um, you know, uh, increase it. I, I think quality will speak, you know, uh, louder than quantity. And, it doesn't necessarily mean that we need to have, you know, all 600 shooters there, or even the stages. They don't need to have 24 stages. I think 20 should be uh, should be enough. 
Okay. Luigi? So the question was, um, how do we accommodate all the people who want to go to nationals, right? Mm -hmm. So we have a, a, we have a limited supply and a huge amount of demand. Now, on the business side of things, there's a very simple solution to that. Uh, do I, is that something that I would want to do? No, but like a lot of the decisions that, that would need to be made, um, not everyone's going to be happy. So one, uh, world shoot, world shoots $500 to get in. Um, any level four match that you go to, uh, or level four IPSC match, uh, which are the big regional ones. They're going to be 400 plus. Our nationals are, I think this year was what, 300? Um, and they've been 280 or so for the past few years. So th there was a price increase this year. Um, and that still didn't kill off our demand. Um, unfortunately, raise the cost of entry uh, would reduce that number or we make that bigger, which would cost us a lot more. Uh, for all the aforementioned reasons, uh, but it, it'd have to be a mix of, of everything. Uh, increase spaces, increase cost, make it better. Lose less money. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Now we're back to you, Dave. All right. And Ray, you started that, correct? Correct. Okay. Now, uh, recently, uh, just a year ago, we went through a bunch of bylaw changes that also caused uh, some consternation with some individuals due to lack of communication as you are one of nine board members what would you do to establish communications with the membership to help alleviate those issues and Steve we're with you first so to increase the communication like I said previously we need to increase our communication overall so that people know what's out there. Um, I think the written question was also about how often. And so to back up, and I'm going to kill the time on this one. I know we didn't make any changes for a long, long time. And then we made them all at once. I think we need to set up a specific amount of time for each section of the bylaw. So we, whether we want to do this every three years or every five years, the bylaws need mm -hmm. looked at and changes recommended by the bylaws committee. This is something I have experience in with the local emergency planning committee. And each specific part of that needs looked at on a certain schedule. And then those changes are made on that schedule, not made just whenever someone decides that they want to make them. So when people know that that's coming up, they can look at it and say, hey, we feel this way or we feel that way. So if you communicate that, you know, 2024 is going to be the bylaws change about, you know, divisions or nationals or, or whatever, whatever segment we make about that, then people can plan their thoughts, their decisions and stuff for that part of the committee and then okay. have it have it on a cyclic rate so that each section is done every so many years so that a complete version is, is updated every three or five years, whatever the board would decide. Okay. Todd. I, we don't hear you. I don't see him either. 
Uh, he's him. frozen on he's frozen on my end. So Dexter, we're gonna go to you. Can you repeat the question, please? I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, so when they updated the bylaws, that also caused uh, some consternation with the membership, and there seemed to be some communication gaps. So what would you, as president, one of nine board members, do to help bridge that communication gap? Uh, we need to be transparent uh, with our members. We need to let them know the changes and things like that. I think that's very important that we need to... Um, uh, involve the members in the decision making and you know anything major needs to be uh definitely um communicated to our members okay luigi uh so like i mentioned or in one of the previous questions um our our agenda is sparse um we had just just last week uh we had an announcement of a bylaw change or a recommended bylaw change um but there was no set schedule on when that discussion was gonna take place. Um, membership may or may not have dis had any discussions with their representatives. It was sort of a non-issue bylaw change um, and it was understandable, but we need to have uh, better agendas and better lines of communication and openness between uh, the membership their, their area directors and the president as well. I mean, the president is one of the nine votes. Correct. Okay. Ray. Yeah, we have to have way better communication than we have now. The problem is, is that we, we have no good vehicle to get that communication out there. We have to find a vehicle to push that out there. You know, if practice score can send out email to everybody and everybody gets it, why can't USPSA find a way to, to pull their membership and get that out there so we, we have a good consensus of what the membership wants? It's, it's about the membership. It's not about the board of directors, what they want, or, you know, it, it's what the membership wants. And we should try to find out what that is. Okay. Well, I was going to go back to Todd, and he decided to disappear again. <laughs> I think he's playing peekaboo. Okay. All right. So what we'll do is, um, since we're at, I'm showing the timer an hour 50. I know we didn't start exactly at that time, but oh. if you look at Luigi, it's already dark behind him. So we'll let Manny ask one more question and then we'll move to the end and give everybody an opportunity to speak. All right. So here's my, so bring final, it home, Manny. My final question for you, um, candidates is this is a scenario you win the election but prior to taking office um, you are required to sign a conflict of interest document that states you're not allowed to accept sponsorship money or cannot have an affiliation with the industry businesses that might have influence on decisions within the organization what do you do and that normally would be Todd but we'll start with Dexter since he got in halfway through the question yeah I didn't hear the question sorry so we'll start with Dexter, and we get back to you, Todd. We'll let you answer both. Got it. Okay. Can you repeat that question for Todd? Yeah, absolutely. So here's the scenario. Um, <laughs> you win the presidential USPSA election, but prior to taking office, you're required to sign a conflict of interest document saying, you know, you're not allowed to uh, accept sponsorship money or cannot have an affiliation with an industry business. 
um, that could influence decisions within the organization, what would you do? Okay, so for me, it's definitely uh, something that I need to sign. Uh, I, I think everyone should sign. Uh, you shouldn't be uh, in the pocket of any organization, uh, especially when it comes to, um, you know, um, changes within the organization that might, might uh, influence by your uh, sponsorship by a certain company. Uh, I definitely would have to uh, sign that, yeah. Uh, to Luigi, then. Hey, man, you, you said that that's uh, more of a scenario thing, but that's actuality. I mean, uh, every <laughs> every board every board member, uh, president and officer, when when they sign when, when they come on, they have to sign our conflict of interest um, policy. Um, and uh, some sometimes it goes so far as they have to list the current sponsors that they do have. Um, but it's a non-issue. I mean, it. Hey, you can't take sponsorship money. You can't take product. You can't uh, insubstantial products. Um, yeah, sign it. Like, let's go. Uh, we're nobody. I was. I didn't get into the sport to make any. Money. I mean, shit. If, if if you saw my bank account and, and, and how much money I've actually dumped into this, uh, you you would not want to be able to do this. Uh, it, it's just dumb. Uh, but yeah, sign the paper. Uh, let's get down to business and, uh, and and let's fix fix the organization. Yeah. Ray? Yeah, I, I got no uh, qualms about uh, signing a, a thing about sponsorship. You know, I, I, I'm a, a local club shooter. I, I, you know, I, you know, the only sponsor I have is my wife. You know, she, mm -hmm. she, she drives me and helps me go to a lot of the matches. So my sponsorship, <laughs> my sponsorship is Miss Marianne. That's it. That's all I got. Okay. So you can it wouldn't be a problem at all I'm with kidding. me divorce <laughs> uh, <laughs> signing a sponsorship agreement. I, you know, you're well, married that, to the organization. Yeah. <laughs> but so, as a side buttle for you, Ray, as a business owner, um, could you see conflicts within your own business and um, the sport? I, 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 I personally, I couldn't because all all I do is is produce product that is is sanctioned by USPSA and you know that you know there's nothing that I make is controversial really it all follows the rules you know I don't you know there's nothing nothing that I make that isn't totally by the rules so you know if there was you know I'd be getting a call from Troy McManus and saying hey you can't do that and and, and if it, if he says I can't do that, you know, you know, that's, that's the way it is. But I, I know the rules well enough that, you know, I, I just don't make anything like it. And reality is, is if, if I get the presidency, I, I'd like to step away from that business as much as I can and, and, and maybe try to uh, sell it off to somebody. I, I have some pretty good products out there. So. Um, Steve. So, <clears throat> This is required, but I also don't feel that our non-disclosure agreement or, or is, and our what we have to disclose and what's available is nearly enough. I don't feel that it, it follows the IRS code. I, I for one, have already talked to all of my sponsors, and if I get elected, that will end my sponsorship relationship with them. However, I also own a company that I'm a dealer, and I sell to a lot of USPSA members and stuff like that. 
Um, most of that will end and be sent to that business will be sent to someone else. Uh, just simply for the fact of, I don't want it to be said that, well, you know, I have money penny work on my trigger and stuff like that. So yeah, we're going to get nationals moved over to our range next year or whatever. So most of the, the, the targeted USPSA business of that would be removed, much less my time to run that business would be spent doing USPSA business. I don't feel that as a USPSA member, I don't feel that we should have sponsored shooters accepting money from the organization. And the IRS feels that if you take board money to go to an event, that you should not be advertising for someone else there. Um, that is that is direct out of the out of IRS nonprofit. So basically, yeah. if USPSA were to pay for me to go to an event, I couldn't wear a shirt for Red Hill Tactical. Okay. So, Todd, you have two questions. You can answer this one first, and then... I'll ask you the question I had before because you dropped out. Got it. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Uh, That's okay. Um, so, I have probably one that has proper um, industry contacts and work in the industry because that's what I've done for the last 35 years. I got Okay. Well, you answered one. Hmm. All right. So we got we got your answer to the one, and what was the other one was how would you better communication with the members? Better communication with the members. Well, you know, first of all, I mean, you know, we have social media. Thank God um, to be able to communicate uh, in ways that we've never done before. So, I mean. Um, what we did back in the 80s and the 90s and even the 2000s, um, you know, uh, like like um, someone said a while ago about, you know, practice school, thank God for Ken Nelson. Ken Nelson was a blessing for this organization and for all shooting organizations across the board. You know, trying to get involved and trying to get people, in, you know, I think the president's job is to direct that and have somebody at headquarters or the people that are running the organization, that's their job. I feel my job is to go in and bring in other people um, industry-wise or, you know, organizations to be able to grow the organization ways we haven't done before. So, yes, do I want to help membership? Absolutely. And I want to do that with junior programs. 
I also want to do that with law enforcement, which we do we don't go after. Also want to go after the military um, programs that uh, get those more involved in the shooting sports, which we don't go after. I've said it for 20 years. Why are we lacking in those areas? Law enforcement wants to play, but they don't want to play with civilians. So why don't we just do a separate version of that along with the military? We can have separate matches running and create a, a brand new um, you know, organization within the organization to be able to have that um, membership jump up in many ways. And I, I feel that we can do that. Okay. All right. So the last question, if you want to call it that, is why should the membership vote for you? But you'll also have, so you'll have two minutes to answer that question. So it'll basically be your final, your prologue. Okay. And we'll start with Dex. Uh, yeah, we'll start with Dexter. Go ahead. Okay. If you know, you know me, I'm a person who gets along with everyone. I learned a long time ago, every person has value. I can listen to people and see their perspective on things, and I may not always agree, but I always find common ground. I may not have all the answers, but I have a huge community of people as resources to help me find solutions to all the problems we are facing. I know I can help get this organization back on track and even thrive in the years to come. Okay. Thank you, Dexter. Luigi. So why you should vote for me? Um, I've been involved with a number of years, both as a All right, I'm going to mute him and Ray, go ahead and I'm going to come back to you in a minute, Luigi. Okay. Ahead, so, you know, to sum it up, you know, I, it's my vast experience with USPSA and, and the, you know, the number of volunteer hours, you know, just, you know, last year, you know, I, I had 75 nights in the motels working matches and volunteering and teaching, uh, you know, as an RMI teaching classes and in all over the United States. That's, that's what I do. That's what I enjoy, you know, and, and, you know, I, I would have that same dedication, putting in the time, you know, I'm retired, I, you know, I don't have to do anything but commit my time to USPSA. It's, it's been a, a lifelong, you know, labor of love, you know, and that's, that's who I am. And that's, you know, if, if anybody that's been in my classes or worked matches with me know that, you know, I'm, I'm more than qualified for this job, you know. I've worked 100, let me read this down, 110 nationals, 25 nationals as, as MD or assistant MD, uh, you know, numerous Area 5 sectionals as match director, 75 plus major matches as RM. I've worked over and shot over 400 plus major matches, you know, and I was a MD for 98 North American, 2001 Pan American, and, you know, and I ran the local club matches for 25 years. So, you know, if there, you know, there's, you know, my certification for USPSA as an RO is the longest running in the United States. Nobody's had a certification longer than me. This, this is who I am and, and, and what I've done for the sport, you know, and, and I will continue to do so, you know, with totally the membership in mind. That's, it's who I am and uh, who I hope to be in the future for the membership. 
Okay, thank you. Luigi, you want to try again? Yeah, I'll try. Um, uh, I don't know where it cut off, but I mean, I've been involved for a long time um, in, in all aspects of the sport. Um, I have experiences outside of the sport, uh, business side, board side. Um, I, I've been a manager, I've been a boss, I've been an employee, uh, I've, I've been a researcher, I've been a scientist. Um, I think that with, with everything uh, about me and all my life experiences ha have put me in a very uh, good position uh, to do the best at being president of the sport. Okay. Steve. I feel that I'm the best candidate for this. I have, I have enough experience. Um, obviously, I don't have the lifetime of experience that others have. But I have enough experience working with boards and working in business and over 20 years shooting USPSA and other sports that it gives me a very unique perspective. And I want this organization to be something that you as every shooter and every voter and every person that wants to shoot practical shooting can be proud of. I want to make the Nationals an event that everyone in the world wants to come to and grow our organization in ways that we can only dream of in the past because this organization has exponentially grown in the future. We need young, vibrant leadership that can propel us to the future. Anybody that knows me knows I have an, a stellar work ethic and I will do whatever is necessary to learn whatever needs to be done and work with whoever needs to be worked with to get it done. So that's why you should vote for me because I will get it done. All right. Thank you, Steve and Todd. Well, this is a, a business um, that it's no, it's no different than any other business. This non nonprofit, uh, don't let, don't kid you about a nonprofit. It doesn't mean anything but a name. Uh, this organization really needs to do one thing. It needs to turn this ship around. We need to look at into the future of getting, how can we get 100,000 members? Why does SAS have 100,000? Why do other organizations have their own headquarters? I would love to see our own range. I would like to see a headquarters on the ground. I would love to be able to see uh, a history and legacy museum so we can preserve everything we got, be able to have that organization so people can come and visit there. Not only that, we can do RO classes there. This organization, we've done all of that stuff. All that stuff is already in the books. We've done it. It's good to go. Let's figure out how to make this thing bigger and better. How are we going to do that? We need to do that with the correct board. We need to do that with a CEO who runs mm -hmm. nonprofits who can actually put that down on paper, go to the board and say, this is what you're doing wrong. If you're doing this wrong, then we need to be able to fix this. If the board doesn't fix it, we're going to be stuck in the same damn place we've been for 40 years almost. So my whole thing is, is that let's look at this thing in a totally different way. We've got to be able to do one thing. We need to increase membership. And how do we do that? We do that by you know, uh, joining, joining um, you know, forces with other or organizations, whether it be NRA, whether it be NSSF, whether it be US, uh, USA shooting, uh, bargaining ourselves more with IPSC across the board. No matter what, we have to look at this as a business, guys. And that is my one thing that I want to do. Everything else we do, it runs like, it runs like a, a smooth ship now. But the problem is, is that the captain of the ship is going in the wrong direction. We need to figure out how to do that. And for me personally, 
I want to make sure that the organization is bigger and better. I don't think that the president should be nothing but a figurehead, in my, in my opinion. Take the money away from the president, give it to a CEO who knows how to run a nonprofit. I'll do, it, I'll do the damn thing for a, a small amount of money and some, and some uh, expenses. That's all we need. We don't need a president to be able to do that. I'm done. All right. Thank you, Todd. Manny, do you have any final comments? Um, yes, I want to thank all the uh, candidates for making this possible and coming out and uh, participating and getting your ideologies and your ideas out to the membership to make them informed of who they're voting for. And I wish them all the best of luck in the election. Thanks, man. Thanks so much, guys. David. Yeah. I'd, like thank to, thank I'd like to thank all thanks, three man. of you guys that, put the, that took the time to put this together. Because not only are you doing this, but you also each have your own podcasts that do so much for our shooting sports and expose it to more new people. That we're, that one of the things we're talking about doing all the time. Yes, I, I, and I want to thank all of you for coming on. I mean, because you are giving the membership an opportunity to hear you all speak on the same topic so they can make a more informed decision. Um, David had to jump off, but I thank David Blanton for being on. Manny, thank you for coming on. And gentlemen, good luck. Thank you. Thank you so much, thank everyone. You. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great evening. Thank you guys God. for watching. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you.